When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Pirates podcast to be named later on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eddie Provident. The nameless gray face again is Alex Stump. He's on the road right now. Uh, he's in a rental in some random corner of the uh, of the U.S. Uh, where are you at, Alex? I'm somewhere in Maryland. And are, are we actually live right now? It still says scheduled for me. Uh, it says live for me. All right. All right. We're off to a... A pretty good start here. Yeah. <laughs> very, uh, very professional operation. So what, what are you doing in Maryland, in a rental in Maryland, Alex? Uh, a little, little R&R after, after that road trip. What, Get the you, weekend off. So you're not a machine? You don't, uh, you don't just work 24-7? And- uh, no, no, it just feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think some some quick congratulations are in order. I, I got to get this housekeeping out of the way because you're a friend of mine, uh, and I know you're probably going to hate that I'm putting you on the spot. But congratulations on the features position, uh, well deserved. Uh, I I say this all the time, and I know I'm probably biased, but you are one of the best writers in the city, and and uh, probably further than just the city of Pittsburgh. And this is a well deserved opportunity for you, my man. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, because <laughs> we have baseball to talk about, Alex. Uh, I don't know if you heard. I, I don't know if you were even there or like maybe I, I don't know. Maybe you just kind of, you know, we're checking things out on uh, on Twitter dot com. But uh, did you know that there was an MLB draft and that the Pirates had the first overall pick? Why didn't anyone write about that? I don't know, man. Uh, they selected pitcher Paul Skeens out of uh, Louisiana State University. Uh Obviously, this is a big deal for the organization. Uh, th- this is the type of arm. Um, and Eddie's microphone goes out. So I'm going to talk while Eddie battles his 1995 Dell uh, technology right there. Paul Skeens is the Pirates' first overall draft pick. He is the most talented pitcher that has come through this draft since arguably Steven Strasburg and whenever you look at the history of the draft since 1965 he is way up there for the most talented pitcher that has come through the draft available throws upper 90s 98 can get up to 102 he's got these different types of breaking balls that get a ridiculous amount of spin movement like 2600 rpm it is a ridiculous two pitch mix right there he's gonna need the change up he's gonna need something to They'll bring it all together still, but this is someone who has some really great stuff, and I can see why the Pirates thought this guy is the number one player on the board. This is who we should take with the number one overall pick. 
And as Eddie still can't talk, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I'm just going to go through my list here. Uh, that was the number one thing for the Pirates this whole time, that they wanted to get who they felt was the number one player available, number one talent available, and also the number one person available. And I, the story's not up yet, but I got one of those long form features coming out very soon on the main website, talking about Paul the person. Paul the person who you know, wanted to go to the Air Force Academy because service was important to him. Paul the person who could get his teammates to dress up as the bad news bears because it'd be funny and it, you know, as a team building exercise. There's there's some more angles to this young man beyond just the fact that this is a ridiculously talented right arm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just I'm excited. I want to be cautiously optimistic. You know what I mean? Like I don't wanna I don't wanna have a situation where we just expect the world from this kid right off the bat. But uh by all accounts, everything I'm hearing about him, everything that you've written about him, uh his you know, his head coach at LSU, uh the people close to him, I think the Pirates got a a real gem. Uh, with the first overall pick, and hopefully there's a bright future in Pittsburgh to come for a long time. Um, obviously, we know about Paul Skeens. What what about the rest of the draft, Alex? Was there any uh, was there any takeaways for you? Was there anything that you really were impressed with? Anything that you thought maybe they missed on? Uh, talk to me about maybe the stuff that the rest you know that you know the casual fan probably doesn't know about or hasn't heard about. Yeah, I was a little surprised with the rest of this draft. It was very college pitcher heavy, which I think everyone can remember back to 2021. The last time they had the number one overall pick in the draft, it was get Henry Davis under slot and just throw it at all these prep players, uh, Bubba Chandler and Anthony White Jr. Um, that wasn't the case this year, even though I heard, you know, coming in, this is a very good group of high school uh, talent that's available. It was a lot of college pitching that was taken. A lot of guys who kind of signed under slot, like this first batch of signings that they announced on Friday, like Mitchell Jeb, their second round pick, signs under slot. But it's not, you know, for a clear, oh, they got someone in the fifth round that, you know, is going to require a lot of money to oversign. They had a couple day three picks that maybe could be in that. Uh, Muth, their uh, competitive balance B pick i probably would need overslot money but not probably that outrageous amount on, unless he is going to sign you know need that you know two or three million signing bonus to sign so it, it's an interesting rest of the draft uh i like the kid that they got out of wvu uh there are a couple of guys i think could be on a major league path major league radar as far as picks are taken but there isn't really anything that you know exciting to run through the wall for i feel like outside of paul skeets do me a favor alex real quick just and i know what the comment section is going to say about this and i I just i guess i don't even care anymore um for (laughs) for the for the casual baseball fan that's not really into the draft uh even for you know the the reporter types that don't cover baseball as much that might ask uh why don't the pirates trade the first overall pick Um, you can't trade you can't (laughs) uh no that was that was a joke that's uh that's an old that's an old joke uh but why uh, can you explain the uh, overslot underslot for the casual baseball fan? Yeah, just real fast here. Um, every pick has a value where that's how much that player should sign for. Very rarely, or not very rarely, there are a handful of times every year where someone will 
sign for that amount, but usually it's above or below. You can't go too far over it. You can only go 5% over it before you start getting dog draft picks in the future. So nobody does that. In the Pirates case here, it was very, whatever it was, Henry Davis in 2021, he signed a lot less and they're able to spread that money around. They spent the same amount of money. So it's really just a numbers game. Where do you want to put the most eggs in one basket? Paul Skeens wasn't going to sign for a Henry Davis contract. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty clear, you know, okay, I'd be very surprised, especially knowing what we know now through the rest of the draft, if he signs significantly under slot. There are other ways to do it. Like sometimes you got to give the high school player more money than the pick's worth. So they forego college and go straight to Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a college player, they have no negotiation power. And you just t- give them what they get. So that's more or less how it works out. Yeah. Uh- with so I guess this is my last draft question for you, and then and you know however you want to go from here. Um, the idea with and uh, forgive me if you touched on this when my microphone and speakers cut out, <laughs> um, <laughs> but the the whole thing with with Cruz and him wanting to you know there was this um, there was an idea that he wasn't going to sign it. As Eddie goes out again, I can assume. The question was going to be, Dylan Cruz wanted overslot money. Did that have any factor in it? I'm assuming that's what the question was. I'm going to hook up Eddie with a, with a microphone from the 21st century after this episode. Uh, uh, yeah, that was – it wasn't such a black and white. The Pirates were not going to go overslot with the number one overall pick, but it was – you've got to shop numbers whenever you have that number one overall pick because you have the most control of what would this player need to sign. And Dylan Cruz is a very talented player, but so is Paul Skeens. And I'll be totally honest with you. If I had the choice between the two of them, I would still take Paul Skeens, even if money was not an issue in all of this. I genuinely believe the Pirates did end up taking the best player in the draft, and they didn't take Wyatt Langford and have a whole bunch of money to spread around. They didn't take you know Max Clark and have a whole lot of money to spread around. I, I haven't seen a whole lot of people complaining about why didn't they take Dylan Cruz. Uh, maybe it's because it was just such a clear cut. The two LSU players were player 1A and 1B in this draft. You can't you know, go against either one of them. And they took one of them. It's like, okay, well, we're not going to get mad. Maybe that's the case. But whatever it is, like that's I, – I, I take Dylan Cruz – or I'm sorry, Paul Skeens over Dylan Cruz, you know, even if money wasn't a factor in it. I don't know how much it played into it, but I, I do feel like those rumors – that he wanted overslot money. It didn't help his case, you know, become a pirate. Yeah. Uh, I apologize for the technical difficulties I'm having. Uh, I must have a short in my audio cable. Uh, so I just switched over to a different microphone. Apologies. If the uh, audio quality isn't as good as it normally is. Um, Alex, why don't we hear you? I can hear you. So that's better quality. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, why don't we take a minute here? Uh, we'll regroup. <laughs> Uh, and then we will talk more Pirates baseball, uh, maybe get in a little bit of all-star game talk, get a little uh, get a little deeper into what the future of the farm system is. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later. My name is Alex Sumpf, and the man with the Emperor's new microphone is, is Eddie <laughs> Providence. Uh, Eddie, Eddie, I just came from the All-Star Game, and it's the second time I've covered it, and man, it, 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 it's, it's one of the cooler things to do on the air. Like, I, I'm admittedly not a big winter meetings guy. <laughs> Okay. Like that, that's just like nonstop stress and everything's going on and there's hardly a moment to breathe for a couple of days. All-star game is a lot more chill. And I, I, I really like it. And I, I was really happy to see just personally getting to know Mitch Keller these last couple of years. It was good to see the man get his flowers. Look, I, I'll be honest with you. Aside from the home run derby, I am not much of an all-star game guy. Uh, I, I don't really like the, I'm not a big all-star game guy in sports period. Um, I don't know. I just don't find it as appealing. It seems like it would be something that would be amazing to be at in person. Uh, but this year there was an, a, a, an added rooting interest for me for Mitch Keller, the person because of everything, you know, what you're talking about exactly. Uh, just the turnaround that he made. Uh, you don't have to be a baseball fan. You don't have to be a pirates fan to appreciate Mitch Keller being in this game and being being the first selection from the Pirates, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it's just uh, and you could tell by the way that he handled reporters, uh, how he answered questions. You know, you you did your piece. Um, this meant something to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it did mean something. I mean, he also was a pretty popular guy there. Like I, I'm very picky whenever mm-hmm. it comes to the media availability, like it really is just everyone's there and you can wait out. I waited out a long time to get Mitch and uh, David Bednar at the mm-hmm. All-Star game. Like, and I, whenever I talked to them, it was like, seriously, for five minutes, one-on-one, but you know, <laughs> it, it took a long time. They were two very popular pitchers there. Uh, David Bednar, like I wrote, I think is really started to cement himself in that upper epsilon of top uh Echelon, I'm sorry, echelon of uh, pitching, you know, Mm -hmm. relievers in this league because, you know, back-to-back all-star and he's earned it. Mitch Keller pitches the second inning. I think that tells you what you need to know. Like, hey, not only is this guy an all-star, he's getting the ball fast. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know for certain, but usually the guy who goes like in the second inning is getting some consideration to start the game. So that's that's pretty good for him. I, I think that's really what it comes down to. The Pirates set two pitchers, two guys who are more or less homegrown. I know David Bednar was traded for, but he was, you know, very much a prospect, a project, whatever he came in. That should be the sign of encouragement, I think. Mm-hmm. That these are two guys who, you know, going into 2021, maybe people were a little down on them, or Mitch Keller going into 2022, and now they're both all-stars. So there is a path forward. There is a path for the Pirates to have that impact pitching that they're absolutely going to need to, you know, be successful down the road. So the elephant in the room, because, you know, again, you see this on Twitter, you see it. uh, There have been, I don't want to say reports, but I guess some rumors swirling. I don't know if there's any validity to it. You're closer to the team than any of us. 
the idea that David Bednar could be on the trading block. Do you buy that or do you think that uh, that he's here to stay? I think he's in the on the trade block in the same way that Brian Reynolds has been on the trade block the last okay. couple of years before Reynolds signed. Okay. That teams are going to call. The Pirates aren't in a position that they could just immediately hang up. But this is a team that needs to – they know their window. <laughs> it, they need to compete soon. Mm-hmm. You know, put it as simply as possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And trading your all-star closer, your two-time all-star closer, sure doesn't make you uh, better in the short-term future. I think the discussion, the focus has to be on this team needs to be good in 2024 I find it very hard to believe that trading David and Ben Bonar makes you a better team in 2024. Now, with that said, with that said, you know why we're not going to hear Brian Reynolds trade rumors this <laughs> this July? It's because he signed long term. Bennar hasn't been signed long term. And, you know, talking to a couple people out at that all-star game, he hasn't even been given an offer that's, you know. Hmm. maybe not even an offer in general or had like any, you know, meaningful discussions towards that. I get he's a reliever and those guys are, are sometimes fungible and sometimes they're inconsistent and it's a risky investment and he has three years of team control already. I get all that. Signing him long-term, I think would send a good message the same way that signing Brian Reynolds sent a good message, the same way that signed Hayes sent a good message. Like take care of your own. Same goes for Mitch Keller also. And look, I'm not I'm not saying that it's you know the most important thing on a baseball roster, but but name me a good team in baseball, a competitive team in baseball that doesn't have um, an, at least an above average closer, right? I mean, you, you could also throw them in a setup role. You could, I mean, that kind of works against Benmar in, in the sense that we've seen him pitch just about every role in in a game. You know, these last couple of years that he's not strictly. The ninth inning guy, and that's no, if he but, had to pitch the eighth, he could. Yeah, but I, I think you know, I guess he's the high. Le- I, I guess closer may be an antiquated term anymore, but maybe the high leverage, the high leverage uh, guy in the bullpen yeah. well, uh, I mean, would maybe a better way to say it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any connection here, but I'm just going to speak in a hypothetical here. If I was say the Mets, okay, and Edwin Diaz is hurt, and you need someone to help you out right now to get through this year. And then next year, you could have the best one-two punch. My goodness, you'd have two, uh, in my opinion, two of the top five relievers in the game, you know, yeah. to close out games. Like, that'd be – I would see them as being a logical fit to trade for David Bendar. They probably have the farm system to do it. But, it again, are the Pirates in a position that they could really trade all-star level talent anymore for prospects? Cool. I don't think they are at this point. All right, I'm going to make sure that this is perfectly clear. I don't think trading Bednar is the right move. However, could you see a situation where maybe not at the deadline because it wouldn't make sense for a team, but could you see a situation where they use him in like more of a baseball trade to uh, to bring in a bat or to bring in you know another need, knowing that they've had some kind of success with with relievers you're, you're in the past. You're asking, could he be part of like a Pablo, Pablo Lopez for uh, Luis Arez trade? Yeah, yeah. Like what the Marlins and Twins. Yeah, like a baseball trade. Like, hey, we'll yeah. give you this, but you give us something back in return that we could use right now. All right. I, I guess my counter to that would be the Marlins could trade Pablo Lopez because they had all this pitching, you know, mm-hmm. at their disposal. Who is the Pirates closer if they trade David Bednar? I like Holderman. 
I like Holderman. I think he's a good setup man. I don't know if he's, you know, he hasn't proven it. To, yeah, he hasn't proven it. Yeah, I don't know if he's reliant, reliable enough to be a closer. And it raises the second part of who the hell gets you to Holderman? <laughs> because <laughs> there aren't a lot of leverage, proven leverage impact relievers on this bullpen right now outside of Bednar and Holderman. So yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Maybe and I'm, I'm speaking as a theoretical. Maybe I don't see him getting traded. Is the is the main point I'm underlying here? Of it doesn't make baseball sense. It doesn't make sense to your clubhouse. It doesn't make sense for you know just the city in general. You know yeah, he's I, one of the guys that this team that the city has gravitated to on the baseball team, and there aren't a whole lot of them. You know, candidly speaking, right now. I, like, I think I think you're onto something there, and I think that's probably the most important thing to me. I don't think that this organization can handle any uh, any more ill will or or bad publicity, and I think that would be a really unpopular move, uh, just yeah. for the fact that what you just said, how important he is to the clubhouse and to the city. Uh, I think trading him would would really really do damage. Uh, that I don't know how you reverse. So uh, yeah. I, I'm with just all that to say I'm with you. Yeah, I, I, I think the way I'm going to put it is I don't think he's going to get traded. I, I don't believe he's going to get traded. I wouldn't trade him. I don't fault the parts for, you know, having to listen as long as, you know, this the same way that it was with Brian Reynolds, that, you know, Brian Reynolds, you know, they, they said like a day or two before the trade that deadline last year, like you're not getting traded as long as the player is in the loop. I, I don't see any issue with taking calls. Well, let's take one more break. We'll get to the last segment where one of us tries to stump the other, and uh, we'll be right back. I don't know if I've got anything for you today. Do you have anything for me? I think it's on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. The way you phrase that, I thought I just had to react right here. Okay. (laughs) No, no. Do you have anything? That was my, me putting you on the spot. Do you have anything? I'm not not off the top of my head. No, I had nothing prepared. Uh, All right. How about this? Um, All right. This is actually, okay. This, this actually was something I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz. Pretty good. He he's yeah, he he seems to be pretty decent at baseball. What is your take on the situation with the Nationals with the, checking the the knob, knob of the bat, uh the you know, the man the Nationals manager uh having his bat checked and then him proceeding to smoke one and then uh you know point to the to the bat, the nub of the bat, uh showing it to the dugout. And then rounding the bases. Are you okay with that kind of thing from a young guy? Or oh, do you absolutely. think that he, or, or are you one of the purists that think he went too far? Oh, no. He's, look, look, it was a sweaty move by the, by the Nationals. And, he, and if you get burned for it, that's, that's what happens. The same thing happened, not the same thing, but a similar thing happened to Steve Blass in game seven of the World Series that, you know, <laughs> we were one out and he was trying to, you know, check for something, you know, get him out of his rhythm and it didn't work out. It, I get it's part of the strategy of the game, but boy, boy, if it backfires, you are completely unable to say anything about any smack talk. 
Yeah. Yeah. Dude. It's as simple as that. It's there's something about if you talk something, you get hit. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I am really looking forward to, uh, you know, assuming that O'Neill Cruz comes back at, you know, 100% himself and, and rehabs and everything. I'm really looking forward to the next few years of NL Central Baseball with these two going at each other. Yeah. They, they're, they are, man, they're both special. And they both have a swagger about them. I think Ellie De La Cruz is a little bit more in your face than O'Neill Cruz is. Uh, O'Neill Cruz is more like, you know, the to me the the kid that's just happy to be on the diamond, and he's he's enjoying every ounce of being a major league baseball player. But man, the two of them going at each other for the next few years in the NL Central, at least the next few years. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully these two baseball teams are good for the next few years uh, upcoming. It, it could make for a lot of uh, a lot of exciting baseball games and a lot of exciting matchups. The Reds rebuild went a lot faster than I think a lot of people expected. So, yeah, well, when uh, when your when your uh, when your prime prospect, you know, your your blue chipper stays healthy like that and yeah. lives up to potential, maybe surpasses potential, it's easier to do. I would still like to see where the Buccos would be right now. If O'Neill Cruz what uh, wouldn't have bro- broken his ankle, uh, and, you know, I, I, I think out. it's a I think it's a very different story because not only is it, you know, you lose arguably your best position player, uh, Pirates don't have a natural shortstop, yep. and their production out of the position has not been good lately. So, <laughs> and, but not even lately for some time now. Yeah, and, and obviously not as impactful, but still, I think uh, I, I think it's something that affected this team. Not having G Man Choi for as long as they did was, I think, a problem too. It's just another depth, a depth piece that I think people were overlooking. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it might have overworked uh, Santana and Joe a little mm-hmm. bit, overexposed them. Yep, yep, for sure. Well, again, I apologize on my end for the uh, audio issues today and the technical difficulties. Uh, hopefully, I'll have that figured out next week. Uh, if not, I'm sure Alex will have some strong words for me. Uh, you got anything else for the listeners tonight, man? The uh, only thing I have left is this wonderful mic that I got off of Amazon for $8.49 Prime Day deal for you. Uh, the multimedia guy that's sitting at his house can't get his stuff together, but the writer on the road taking a vacation with an $8 Amazon mic can. Keep it simple, stupid, right? That's what they say? <laughs> I think yes. We're going <laughs> to... All right. On that note, week, Eddie. Yes. On that note, uh, thanks for listening again. This has been the Pirates Podcast. Be named later on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network for Alex Dump. I'm Eddie Provident. We will see you all next week. Mm